We've got a special treat for you today. My first repeat guest, and it, it's due by, by back by popular demand because she was one of the highest listened to podcast interviews that we had, and, and I know why. I welcome back the love doctor. She's on my <laughs> show again. Hey, Terry, how are you? I am good, Lisa. Thank you so much for having me back. It's it's wonderful to be back. Even though I just sang that, it's still wonderful to be back? Yes, it's still wonderful. Absolutely. <laughs> I, I enjoy hearing you sing. Oh, well, thank you. This is Dr. Terry Orbach. She is the love doctor. And the best place to reach you is thelovedoctor.com. Is that good? It's Dr. Terry, the love doctor.com, which is my website. So it's D-R-T-E-R-R-I, the love doctor.com. Perfect. Dr. Terry, the love doctor.com. And why do I bring up love in relationships? Because the holidays are almost here. And you know that during the holidays, we either want to get into a relationship or we want to get out of one, right? Absolutely. We want to spend the holidays with someone, and it's that with (laughs) that's so important to so many people. Why is it such a big deal to have a boyfriend, have a girlfriend, you know, have a relationship during this time? I think the holidays tend to be about family and friends and love and enjoyment. And when we think of that, we can think of our family. I really encourage people to think about their family and their family relationships. You can also think about your friends and your friendships. But most of us go straight to that love relationship. Do we have someone to spend the holidays with? And if you don't, I think many people experience loneliness where you really think you should be with someone. And those are those should statements in our head, Lisa. Mm -hmm. And if we don't have or we're not meeting those should statements, we feel lonely. And it's too bad because I think instead of turning to those love relationships, as I mentioned, you could be with friends and family instead and not experience loneliness. Oh, absolutely. I mean, being grateful for what's there. And I get it. I am single. I have been single for quite some time. I have had several Christmases and New Year's Eves and all of Thanksgivings come and go without having someone sitting next to me. And it has taken time for me to be okay with that. Do I still wish I had someone with me? Absolutely. But it's not a, it's, what did you say? It's not a A should statement. Yes. It's not a should statement. It's like, I'd want somebody, but if they're not here, look, I have this or I have this. And another thought that goes through some people's mind when they're single is, oh, now I'm going to have to wait a whole nother year for this other holiday and this other person to come into my life. And, you know, Lisa, I would encourage people to think actually the opposite. I think the holidays, Thanksgiving, Christmas, Hanukkah, New Year's, that whole period of time, November, December, beginning of January, is not, and I underline that not, not a good time to find that someone special. We're all stressed to the max. And when you're stressed, when you're feeling that anxiety, when it's those holiday times, it's not the best time to find that someone special. So if you're not with someone right now, you are single, you don't have to 
wait another year. In fact, February, March, and April are wonderful times to meet that someone special. Absolutely. And it doesn't mean that you have to sit home and not interact with people during those months. It's just you don't have to put so much pressure on yourself to make it happen during that time. Absolutely. I totally agree with you. And when we expect, like we were talking about, have those should statements and we don't find someone during that period of time, all we're going to do is feel frustration. And frustration, Lisa, is the gap between what we think should happen and what then doesn't happen. Mm -hmm. And so to lower your frustration, to lower your stress, take those should statements, take those expectations away. Yeah, take them away and then, but still, I think it's important to hold on a little sense of of joy and the fun of not knowing when it might occur. So, you know, keeping that little childlike quality says you don't have to focus on it, but you're open that it might occur. You just don't have to focus on it. Right. Absolutely. And I think we do need to be available and open because then if someone does fall into our lives, (laughs) we're actually okay about meeting and opening up to that person and disclosing and connecting. So you do have to be open and available. Okay. Now let's talk about the flip side of that. Why do so many people break up during this time? of the stress and again the expectations around this time. One of the really important decisions that many people have during the holidays is should I bring this person that I've been going out with to my family and friends? Should I bring this person to the holiday get-togethers, to the work get-togethers? And that becomes very stressful and one of the things we think about is, is this someone I want to introduce to my family and friends? And oftentimes, the answer is no. And so we break up with the person around the holidays because we don't feel comfortable taking that person to family and friends. And I think the second question that comes up during this time, Lisa, Mm -hmm. is what do I get as a gift for this person? Because it is a time for gift giving. It's a symbol of how much we care about this person. What gift? And it becomes stressful. Too many (laughs) expectations. So we just break up with the person. You know, and there should be guidelines the same way. You know how there's that chart for anniversaries, like silver is the 25th and, you know, gold is the 50th. There should be some sort of chart that like, okay, if you've been dating this person for three months, this is the kind of gift you give. (laughs) Five months, this is the kind of gift. It would make it a lot easier because, and then there's that whole thing of, well, if I buy her, you know, an iPod, you know, then she might feel obligated to buy me something fancy and I don't need that. So is the best way just communicating with the person you're dating? Absolutely. I think what I think what you want to do is to sit down and have a discussion with this person. Talk about what the holidays mean to each of you, what a gift means to each of you, and what does each of you expect given the amount of time that you've been going out with one another. If you can plan ahead, Lisa, which is the really most important thing around the holidays, plan ahead, sit down, have a discussion, and try to be as open and honest as possible. I think that money is an issue for many people in 2010 around the holidays. So try to take money and buying an expensive gift out of the picture. Instead, 
Give a gift of the heart rather than a gift of the pocketbook. And I know that sounds corny, but I really truly believe that that's important to say and important to think about. So think about what does this person mean to you, what would be important to them, not what would be important to you mm-hmm. or what's meaningful to you or what you want, but what would be meaningful and important to this person and take money off of the table. And after you do that, you can write a few things down. Ask your partner what they want for the holidays, what would be important for them to get, and then exchange the the lists and see what your partner has put down in his or her list. Okay. Now, in my head, something just, just popped up here. What if you happen to have the boyfriend or girlfriend, husband or wife that says, well, you should know what I want? Mm. <laughs> well, I think that's mind reading, Lisa. And I think all of us do that. But what you want to tell your partner is that if I want to get you something that's important to you, I need to know what's in your head and in your heart. I can't expect to know what's in your head and in your heart. And I want to get something that's important and meaningful to you. So write me a list of 10 things that would be really special, and then I'll pick from that list. So I will still have a choice. I will still have control of what I get you, but then I'm going to get you something that you like. And so I think saying that you want to make it special, what you want to make important, the gift, then that tells your partner that then I don't want to just buy something that I'm going to think about or think that you want. I want something that you really want. And then how can your partner disagree or not like that? That sounds like logical, fabulous advice, and I love Actually, Dr. Terry, with my family, we did something this year where every person who was involved in we do the gift exchange had to write down um, places that they like to eat, shop, entertainment, just the actual places. And so then all those places we put on a big list, and then when we drew the name, you took a list with you so that you know where they like to go. Maybe they really like a certain sandwich or they enjoy going to movies at this particular theater. And then it's a home run because even if you buy, like, uh, the wrong color scarf at a particular place where they like to buy clothes, they can always go back and exchange at a place they love. Exactly. What a wonderful idea, Lisa. I think we need to make it easier for people. Relationships are difficult and challenging and the ups and downs already. Mm-hmm. So why not help each other? Why not give them the list as you're talking about? Why not give them the hints? Why not tell them what you want so that people can meet others' expectations? We're going to then have less frustration and less stress. I love <laughs> that suggestion. <laughs> I love it. It's yes. wonderful. And you know, the other thing, Lisa, is that we, I talked about a gift of the heart. Take a picture that you and your partner took when you went to a special event or on a trip. Look at what your partner likes to eat. And then just take something from the heart, the picture, and frame it. Uh, buy them a gift card where they like to eat, as you mentioned as well. Mm-hmm. Um, take uh, anything that they like to do and wrap it up. So. 
find something that's meaningful. Write them a poem. Write them a card. Sing them a song. <laughs> Anything like that is joyful and special and doesn't cost very much money. Absolutely. One of my favorite gifts um, from my ex-husband in was when I opened it up, it's this picture frame and I look and it's the picture of the front of a house of a porch. And I'm thinking he got me a house. And then he, he looks, he says, look closer. And I looked closer. It was a picture of the porch where we shared our first kiss. Mm. And I loved that gift. I thought how special. So he went out and he went to the house where we were at this particular party and it was an older home. So it was this gorgeous picture of this, you know, porch, took a picture of it, just, you know, didn't spend much money on a frame, didn't need to. The, the, the real value of it was right in that photo and the thought that he knew that that would be special to me. Yes. And those are and will be the special gifts that we all get because it's an expression of love and we really can see the love and see the time that the person spent Mm -hmm. in doing this gift in making it special for us now how do what do you think about proposals during this time of year (laughs) i think it's a popular time (laughs) as well lisa to you know ask the person to get married I encourage people not to do it during this time. I think any big decisions over the holidays are done with stress around us. So go through this period of time. And then once you're on the other side in January, February, March, then see if you still want to make the proposal, if the relationship is still the special person. I mean, there are many things that I think we need to look at to see whether or not a person is really special in our lives. And I think the most important question that we want to ask ourselves is, is that the person that I would turn to if I'm stressed, if I had a medical scare, if I lost my job, that should be the person that you turn to. And if you're saying to yourself, I would turn to or I would go to my friends or other people in my life before this person, Mm -hmm. then wait. You're not at the point. You're not ready yet to make the proposal. I think the second thing you want to ask yourself to see whether or not this person is the one and you want to propose to them is how do we do conflict together? I mean, relationships all have their ups and downs, and conflict is inevitable. And you want to make sure that you do conflict well with this person because one of the biggest predictors of divorce or a breakup or not going together or not staying together over the long haul is doing conflict destructively or doing it in a non-effective way. Mm -hmm. And so ask yourself those two questions before you propose. Wait for the holidays to get over and then see about or look at your answers in January, February, or March. See, I love that when I do meet a man and we start dating, I'm going to make sure he listens to this interview (laughs) (laughs) so that we start out on the right foot. And, I mean, you have so many great 
things, uh, especially conferences with, with helping people to get through relationships and get into and or out of relationships in a healthy way. You've got a conference coming up in February called Myths and Realities of Relationships in the 21st Century. Where's that being held? And tell us a little bit about it. Well, all of the information is found on my website, drterrythelovedoctor.com. This particular conference is being held in Naples, Florida, and I give information on how to register and how to find out more information about this conference on my website. But I think the topic, Lisa, is so very important because many of us believe these common sense notions about relationships, these myths, and when we have these myths, we really don't have the realities of relationships. And if we continue in our relationships with these common sense notions, we're bound to be frustrated and stressed, as we've been talking about. One of the biggest myths, as we mentioned already, is that a good relationship has no conflict. And I think it's exactly the opposite, Lisa. All relationships have conflict. Mm-hmm. And so it's how you manage or resolve the conflict that's important. So if you're thinking about these myths, you want to find out more about myths and realities to relationships, I encourage you to go to my website and think about this conference in February in Naples, Florida. I also put up lots of events and speaking engagements on my website, Lisa. Mm-hmm. So if people are interested, they can just go to my website, and I constantly update the website with new events, new presentations, and new articles across different venues and media outlets. All right. So there's no excuse for a yucky relationship when you got the love doctor around. It's Dr. Terry. Exactly. <laughs> Dr. Terry, And I wish everybody out there the best of holidays, your Thanksgiving, your Christmas, your Hanukkah, just Everybody embrace what you have and know that there is love out there for you and just pay attention to what's inside first. Pay attention to that love and the other love will find you. It always will. Right, doctor? Exactly. So (laughs) wonderful to be here, Lisa. Thank you. Thanks, everybody. It's the love doctor. (laughs) Bye, everybody. Thanks for being positive now.